Good morning, saints. I greet you all in the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior. Hallelujah. We thank you. We thank Yeshua HaMashiach that we are able to share his word. We bless the Holy Name. May the Lord bless you. I'm reading Genesis 1 verse 22, verse 28. And the Lord said, and God, Genesis 1 28, it says, and God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fall of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. But what we see in contrary right now, it's man is not subduing the earth. Man is not even having dominion on the earth. We see spirits having dominion over men. And men being in a form of kind of like they are in poverty. They are in, in a form like of, of a curse. Because we see only a few men that have covenants that have made covenants what powers be on the earth being the one that are superior that are the one that are subduing that they are the ones that are being dominating the earth i mean if you look at these um the richest men in the world right now uh i think it's it's jeff bezos the the creator of 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 apple is the man that is he's, he's about to he, he's a trillionaire right now and uh, um, I don't know what is the history of that man, what kind of covenants that man has done. But if somebody may have, have insight, maybe you'll find something else contrary. But I don't know. Maybe you find out that he has a covenant with Yahweh. I don't know. But what I've learned, people that have prominence of wealth, it's people that have made covenant. It's either covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ or with God or with a deity. When I say a deity, I mean some other spirits. However, as we read in Genesis 1:28, man was blessed by God in the beginning to subdue the earth, to, to dominate the earth, and to be fruitful and to multiply. The sin, sin has caused men to be controlled by the earth. Sin has caused men to be, uh, um, to be subject to the powers and the principality on the earth where it makes men now to be unable to dominate and subdue the earth. Like, for example, there are curses that are operating in men that have made men to be subject to the earth and not men to show forth that they dominate or to manifest prosperity. And... Uh, I looked back in the in the book of Joshua, and I realized that man actually, as the Bible said that man was blessed, man was taught by the fallen angels to commit sorcery and magic and other things. Men did not know these things, but the fallen angels that were competing with God to rule the earth, because they were competing with God, because God has punished them from heaven, now they came on the earth, and then they decided that they will teach men sorcery, they will teach men magic, so that men could have could fight with God or have power with God and men could dominate other men because these fallen angels, these fallen creatures, they wanted to dominate men and their way of dominating men was for them to get one man and to teach all their sorcery so that their lineage will dominate, will increase in the earth. 
That's how now we find out that we find that there's a prince of Persia, there's the prince of Media. For example, the Africans and the Medians, they are under the principality of the king of Persia and the king of Media. This is the kings, I mean, not the king, the prince of Persia and the prince of Media. This is the kind of prince that operate with ancestral spirit, that operate with magic and sorcery and witchcraft. That's where these are the prince of the powers that are under that operate under the Africans and the lineage, they already claim them. So you find that if a person is not born again, they are already under the principality of the spirit. So these are the spirit and the principalities that the person have to renounce when they are in Christ Jesus. But the word of God say that, behold, when a person is in Christ Jesus, the old has gone away and the new has come. But that does not automatically happen. You have to renounce these things to, to go away from your life. The children of Israel, they experienced the same thing during the time of David. Let me read the word of God in uh, 2 Samuel um, chapter 21. It's, I'm reading 2 Samuel chapter 21. It says that the children of Israel, they were under David at this time, they were experiencing famine in the land. Let me read it for you. Second Samuel 21, it says, Then there was a famine in the days of David, three years, year after death, and David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered, It is for Saul and for his blood, blood's house, because he slew the Gibeonites. And the king called the Gibeonites and said unto them, now the Gibeonites were not of the children of Israel, but of the remnant of the Amorites. And the children of Israel had sworn unto them, and Saul sought to slay them, and his zeal for the children of Israel and Judah. Okay, let me give you a background. This is what happened. During the time of Joshua, the children of, uh, of the Gibeonites, they heard about the prominence of, jo uh, of Joshua. And then what they decided, they decided to go and lie to Joshua because they were afraid of Joshua. They were afraid that Joshua was going to, to kill them and destroy them as a nation. So they went to Joshua and then they lied to him and then they told him that they are from, you can read that, I think it's Joshua chapter 9 and Joshua chapter 9, 14. You can read from Joshua chapter 9 the story that I'm narrating to you. They went to Joshua and told him that they are from a far country, that Joshua should allow them. And then they showed Joshua a, a bread that was rotten, that Joshua should allow them to pass them and rest in Israel so that Joshua must not kill them because Joshua was killing the neighboring countries. And Joshua discovered after he has given them rest, after he has given them a place to rest, a, 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 a a country, a small place to rest, that they are lying, they are his neighbors. Joshua came to them, to them and said them, told them, why did you lie to me and tell me that you are from a far country after I've made a covenant with you that I will not kill you? So Joshua decided to make the Gibeonites that they must be their servants. Joshua could not kill them because he already made a covenant with them in Yahweh's name, that he shall not kill them. He will let, let them rest, rest in Gibbon. And then, then that covenant that he made with them in the name of Yahweh, it was already standing against 
Joshua not to kill them. So Joshua had to make a covenant with them that they will be their servants, that they will carry water for them, and they will carry the children of Israel. So it stood that covenant between the governor, the Gibeonites and Joshua. So they stayed in Israel at that time. Now it happened just in the time of Saul. Saul came, the Gibeonites were part of the Israelites. Saul despised the Gibeonites because they were their servants, and he decided to wipe them out of Israel. God commanded Saul to wipe out the Covenants and the Amorites and the other nations, but the Gibeonites were not supposed to be wiped out of Israel because already Joshua made a covenant with them. But Saul despised that covenant. He disregarded the Gibeonites and he decided to destroy them, to kill them. And then the portion of the Gibeonites that destroyed them, that covenant that the Gibeonites made with Joshua, it worked against the children. Remember that Saul already died. And now it was in the time of David as we're reading. The covenant that the Gibeonites made with Joshua, it worked against David. David, now he was king. David was experiencing famine. For three years, there was famine in the land. For three years, there was no food. For three years, there was just defeat. They were being defeated by other nations and not only being defeated by other nations, there was famine. The, the, the rivers could not give them water. There was no food and people were dying in Israel. Then David decided to go to inquire of the prophet to find out from God what is causing this famine because I'm living right, I'm obeying God, and I'm doing everything right according to the word of God, but I'm seeing something contrary. I'm experiencing poverty. I'm uh, experiencing a hopeless situation. I'm experiencing defeat. I'm, I'm not experiencing anything working in my business. Does this uh, ring a bell to somebody? Where you saying you go to church, you are tithing, you obeying God, but you experiencing defeat. You ask yourself, God, what is it wrong? Why am I experiencing on defeat? While where does the word of God say that? In 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 I think it is the book of Hallelujah, Galatians 3:14. It says that Cursed is everyone lying on a tree. Why is it that the word of God said that it's cursing lying on a tree? And I'm born again. I've experienced Jesus. I've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But still, I'm experiencing, I'm experiencing sickness. Still, I'm experiencing defeat. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord God Almighty that as I'm preaching, the power of God, you're experiencing the power of God. The power of God is here for us for deliverance. The power of God is here for us for breakthrough. The power of God. God, it's allowing me to preach the word of God with the power of God, with the anointing of the Holy Spirit that is removing every burden, that is removing every yoke. So now, as you are as you asking God that God, why is it that I'm not experiencing this power working for me? What is happening? Because I'm born again. David decided to go to the prophet, and the prophet told David that listen, the, and the prophet inquired of God. And this is what the Lord answered. The Lord answered David said that the three years that you are experiencing famine, it is because of the sin of Saul. Saul did this. It is because you must remember that Saul was a king. Saul, it was like the leader of, of, of Israel at that time. And Saul was also like a prophet because the spirit of prophecy came upon Saul. But he did this thing. And then this thing that he did, 
by killing the Gibeonites, by despising the Gibeonites, it caused a curse to come upon the children of Israel. The curse did not happen in the time of Saul. It happened after he died. How many of times do we, of us, we do things, we commit sin, and we think that, okay, because we don't see the effects of our sin, we don't see the results of our sin, we think that it is okay. Sometimes the sin, the things that you do out of despising the children of God, out of despising the covenant that God has with the children of God, it can work in the generation after you, like it did with David. So uh, David inquired of the, uh, the of the prophet, and then prophet Samuel told David, it is because of what David did, of Saul did. He killed the Gibeonites. He disregarded, he despised the covenant that the Lord had with the Gibeonites. And David decided to go back to the remnant of the givers that was remaining. And he asked them, what can I do for you? To make things right. And the given us told David. This is what we want. Give us seven children of, of Saul. And David did exactly as the Gibeonites commanded. Ask David. And after he has done that. The land experienced prosperity. The Lord removed that covenant. He removed that curse. The, 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 the land experienced. The famine was removed from Israel. When you experience a situation that is averse in your life where you ask yourself, I have received Jesus Christ as my Savior. I have made, I mean, I am born again. Why am I still experiencing uh, uh, defeat? Why am I still experiencing sickness? Why am I still experiencing a hopeless situation? Why am I still experiencing famine? It is a time for you to inquire of the Lord. It is a time for you to check now the covenants that were made generations before you were born again. The covenants that were made in your in, in your family. It is a time for you to approach the court of of heaven do you know that you can approach the court of heaven the word of god said let us let me show you in hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 let me read it for you hebrews 4 verse 16 it says hallelujah it says let us therefore Come boldly unto the throne of grace. The throne of grace, it means there are different thrones in, in heaven. It means there are different courts in heaven. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in a time of need. This is a time now you need to do that when you have prayed. You know, sometimes you can pray and pray and pray and it looks like your prayer is useless. It looks like your situation is not changing. That is when the time now that it needs for you to change your strategy of prayer. And you say, Father, grant me access into your throne. Grant me access into the courts of heaven. God can grant you can come into the courts of heaven. The word of God says that come boldly before the courts of heaven where you can find grace in the in your time of need there are courts every day the word of god joshua also was taken into the courts of heaven where satan came before in the book of zechariah it says that joshua came before the lord joshua came was standing before god that was the courts of heaven. And Satan, the accuser of the brethren, came and accused him. And he accused him before God, before he was, and Satan accused him. He denied for him to receive 
what you are supposed to receive. And the Lord God Almighty say that, take out a dirty cloth to him, from him. Even not only Joshua, Job also, he was accused in the courts of heaven. Satan denied him to get his right. And the Lord, the blood of Jesus Christ, speak on his behalf. You can go to the courts of heaven, child of God. And the blood of Jesus Christ can speak of your, of your behalf. You can ask those things, the accusation of Satan, to be restrained. You can, grant, you can be granted access. It does not take for you to fast. It does not for you to make long prayers. You ask God for mercy and you say, Father God, I am seeing this thing restrained. I am seeing this sickness accusing me. This sickness be not becoming out of me. This sickness constantly attacking me. You go to God Almighty and you say, God, I want this sneak. Take me access. Grant me access into your cause and let this sickness against me be restrained. And you ask for the blood of Jesus Christ to speak on your behalf against the right, the claim that the legal right that the sickness has against you. Sometimes you need to look at the covenants. What covenant has been made in your family line, in your generation that is granting access to the sickness? Maybe it's high blood pleasure. Maybe most of your family members, they die with high blood pleasure. Maybe most of your family members, they die with HIV and AIDS. Maybe most of your family members, they die with heart disease. Find out what causes that. Find us the covenant that was made and break it. And you, how do you break it? You repent on behalf of your, of, of, of your ancestors, on behalf of your grandmothers or your grandfathers, on your mother's side and your father's side. You repent and you ask God, just like the same way as Daniel did. What did Daniel do when he was, Daniel went to the courts of heaven. He said unto Yahweh, he repented of the sins of the forefathers of Israel, the sins of the Israelites that they have made. He repented like he was the one that made the sin. He said, God, forgive me for the sin that we have made. Forgive us, oh God. Forgive me, us all. We have done this. We have turned our hearts from you. We have followed other gods. This is how you should repent before the Lord of God Almighty in the courts of heaven. For that sickness, for that thing that is fighting you to be restrained. The word of God, in, let me read, uh, hallelujah. Let me read Genesis, I mean, Galatians 3 verse 13. Galatians 3, verse 13, it reads this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Moshata Karabasita. Moshata Kalabasita. Moshata Kalabasita. It says, Galatians 3, 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Curse is everyone that is hanging on a tree. Christ, this is what Christ has done. He says he has done that, but it, this does not mean that curses go away automatically. We are still experiencing curses of sickness and disease because are you, are you, are you dominating the earth? Are you subduing the earth? Still, Christ said that curse is everyone lying on the tree, but people are still experiencing. If you're experiencing sickness, it is a curse. If you're experiencing poverty, it is a curse. If you're experiencing defeat, it is a curse. If you're experiencing witchcraft, it is a curse. Anything that you are experiencing after Christ, but Christ said that Christ, uh, curse is everyone lying on a tree. We are still experiencing dead. The only time when, 
where a curse is going to be removed, where we will not receive a curse. It is during the time of of Revelation 22.3. It says there shall be no more curse. That is the time when Satan will be banished for a thousand years. That is the time where the curse will not be working. But right now in the time that we are in, the curses are still working. It is the honor is of you, the believer, to go to the courts of heaven and remove the curse. Look what it's saying in verse in verse in verse uh, verse four verse eleven verse fourteen. It says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through faith through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The curse can only be removed by the spirit of faith. It does not just go automatically. You, the child of God, you must come through the uh, uh, through the faith of Abraham and through the spirit of faith and remove the curse, the, the curse and declare the spirit of faith and declare in the spirit of realm and say that I am. I am I am healed by the stripes of Jesus Christ. I am blessed. I am not cursed. I am blessed beyond a cursing. I am prosperous. You need to declare. It does not happen automatically. You need to come with the spirit of Abraham and as he says in verse 14 and come with the spirit of faith through the spirit of Jesus Christ and speak against the curse. You speak against the curse. You declare in the spirit realm a blessing upon your life. The word of God. I heard one, one man of God says that. One man of God says that the Holy Spirit can operate in your life. Even when there is a spirit that is contrary to the Holy Spirit, the spirit, you see what happens. Demon, when they comes in your life, they dominate your life. But the Holy Spirit, when it comes upon your life, he does not dominate your life. The Holy Spirit tells you what to do. You choose to take what the Holy Spirit comes because he's a gentle spirit. He, he wants you to choose to take his advice and his counsel. And the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he does not end this other spirit that are operating. The strong man inside of you, the Holy Spirit can operate even when the strong man is inside of you. It is for you to recognize the spirit, the strong man that is inside of you and discover the strong man and bind the strong man. The Holy Spirit does not do that for you. It does that is the strong man. It is a curse. It is for you now to bind the curse and say, this is what Jesus Christ has do for me. You curse, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to stop operating. You the curse of, 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 of poverty. I command you to stop operating. You the curse of sickness. I command you to stop operating. It is you to do that. Just like the way as David did. David saw famine operating. Also, you see, famine is operating in your life. A curse is operating in your life. Sickness is operating in your life. Unemployment is operating in your life. Lack of marriage is operating in your life. Diseases is operating in your life. Witchcraft is manifesting in your life. What do you do? You do not respond with fear. You respond with the spirit of faith, just like Father Abraham. You now decree and declare and speak against it because the Lord Jesus Christ, that curse is a, the Lord made it powerless at the, at the cross. These demons, they know they are right. 
it is the the demons are very legalistic the way to to handle the the demons it is in the courts of heaven when you come from the courts of heaven you decree and declare in the spirit realm and you command it sickness this is what jesus christ has done go in the mighty name of jesus christ you cause i stop you to operate in the mighty name of jesus christ you poverty i stop you to operate the lord will grant you be victory against the spirit of witchcraft against the curses we need to be the kind of christians that always pray that always goes in boldly in the course of heaven and we 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 should always present our cases and so that we get restrained we restrain demons from operating and we restrain curses from operating and remind them of what Jesus Christ has done for us at the cross because we are blessed of the Lord God Almighty. We are victorious of the Lord God Almighty. I've heard one story. It says there was frogs. Frogs were going on a journey and two frogs fall into a ditch. And then these frogs... They tried to jump out of a ditch. And as they were trying to jump out of the ditch, the other frogs that did not fall into the ditch that were outside kept on telling them, tell them that forget it. This hole that you fall in, it's too deep. You will not come out. Just forget and die. The frogs tried to jump out. These frogs tell them, forget it. You will not make it. You will not jump out of the ditch. The, 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 the ditch. Just forget it. Leave it. Forget it. They try to jump out again. These frogs tell them, forget it. You will not make it. They try to jump out again. F- they kept on saying, they kept on yelling, hey, forget it. Are you deaf? You will not make it. It is too deep. Until the one frog decided to listen to them and he gave up and he just gave up the ghost and died because of tiredness because they tried so many times. But there's this one frog who did not listen to them. He kept on trying, he kept on trying, he kept on trying. And the other time we went back and then he jumped and he tried and he jumped out of the ditch. And then the frogs that went out to ask him, how did you make it that you were able to jump out of this ditch? He said that, oh, I can't hear you. I am deaf. And they like wondered. And he said that it is your, and this frog said that it is your cheering up that made me to get out and jump out of the jeet. So what happening there's this frog, it was deaf. And it thought that as these ones was yelling that they are cheering it on. What is the moral of the story? The moral of the story is this. Sometimes you need to blind your ears from what people are saying. And attitude, the attitude, because this 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 frog that was that was deaf it motivated itself it set its attitude right against the failure and the defeat that it was facing and it told itself it is already blessed because the yelling of those the yelling the cheering it thought that those those frogs was cheering on that was a positive motivation so the what christ has done for you at the cross let it down on you that already you are blessed you are more you are it's a positive motivation and approach the curse or whatever adverse situation that I'm already conquered. I'm, I've already been victory. You have to go. I've already made conquered. I've or, I'm already a conqueror. Just go. And when you approach any situation like that, like you are Jesus Christ, you will see victory in your situation. May God bless you today. Shalom.